Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Turn Left. I am your host, Indiana's own Dana Black, coming to you live. All the way live from Black Pearl Studios, where we talk about Indiana politics from the left side of things. Okay, look, I'm only going to hold y'all for an hour, like I do every Thursday. <laughs> but when y'all get done listening to the ladies tonight, because, you know, I've got, I got a sister board going on here tonight. Y'all go listen and hear what they was doing in, in Washington when the insurrectionists were trying to overturn the election. They're going to outline everything your former <clears throat> orange menace was doing instead of calling for help to squash the madness. So when you get done with this and you get this love that we bring in and all this positive energy that we're bringing, go find out so that you can tell your people so they don't vote for that clown no more and get all the people that was asking for pardons out of their seats too. So we got a lot of work to do. But first, you know me, I got to rant. The AP reports, leaders of Indiana's Republican-dominated Senate on Wednesday proposed banning abortion with limited exceptions, a move that comes amid a political firestorm over a 10-year-old rape victim who came to the state from neighboring Ohio to end her pregnancy. The Indiana proposal would allow exceptions to the ban, such as in case, cases of rape, incest, or to protect a woman's life. Republican State Senator Sue Glick, who is sponsoring the bill, said the proposal would not limit access to emergency contraception known as the morning after pill or limit doctors from treating miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies. Indiana Republicans propose banning abortion with exceptions. Y'all, I, I understand what they're trying to say, and they're saying, well, you know, we're going to carve out these exceptions and the emergency life of the mother and rape and incest. But here you go again. Now, I, I found it interesting that they did have Sue <clears throat> draft the bill because I have been quite critical of a bunch of old men crafting bills that, that speak to a woman's body and her health. But they were brilliant this time. They said, oh, well, could you write this bill? Of course she did, because they do things. They lockstep with each other. They don't think for themselves. But this is still bad, y'all. This is still very, very bad. State Senate President Pro Tem outlines proposed legislation on abortion and financial relief, but but there's a problem, right? There shouldn't ever be a reason why someone else should determine what a woman does with her body. So that is why on the on Monday, if you can, right? If you can, you still got to make it to the state house. The bill would prohibit abortions from the time an egg is implanted in a woman's uterus. Okay, mm -hmm. I want you to understand that. If So we don't know <laughs> from the time the fertilized egg is in the woman's uterus. That is some, some small details right there. Planned Parenthood Indiana affiliate criticized the bill saying in a news release that a complete ban on abortion is on its way to Indiana. Even this, even the bill's limited exceptions would leave providers risking investigations and even criminalizations, making them exceptions in name only, said the organization. The proposal was unveiled Wednesday, faces at least a couple of weeks of debate. Republican House Speaker Todd Houston didn't endorse the bill, saying in a statement, our caucus will take time to review and consider the details of the Senate bill and continue to listen to thoughts and input from constituents across the state. Well, we know that that particular statement sounds good, but homeboy ain't really been listening to the constituents, so why would he start now? Now all of a sudden he wants to hear what we have to say? And honestly, if it's not your body, don't worry about it. If you don't want to have an abortion, you don't like abortions, don't have one. It's really that simple. I just don't understand why people are so concerned about what a woman does with her body, but they won't do anything about those people who are running around with AR-15 shooting up other people. I thought they was pro-life. No, they're pro-birth. July 1st, open carry in Indiana. And I know y'all want to tell me about the Good Samaritan down in Greenwood at the Greenwood Mall who shot and killed someone who was trying to to you know, cause mass confusion and mass havoc. Yes, thank goodness he's a good shot. Thank goodness he had the fortitude to do what was right and save people. Yes, he is a hero. However, 
How many people have actually taken the proper gun training? How many people have actually done all the work to understand gun safety, to be in a mall, which he wasn't actually supposed to be in a mall with a firearm, to be clear. So we're gonna look over the fact that he broke the law, but he, he saved some lives. And, I, and again, I'm not trying to hate on him because he saved lives. But we won't look at new gun regulation to protect people from from people getting obtaining really harmful and military style guns legally. But we're going to crawl all the way up into a woman's uterus and tell her what she can and can't do with her body. We got to work on this. So I'll see y'all at the state house on the 25th. Yes, I'll be there. The Indiana State Republicans are proposing a bill for the upcoming special session that will throw out Governor Holcomb's proposed $225 taxpayer refund and instead offer Hoosiers a six-month suspension on sales tax on residential utilities. This suspension would include the 7% sales tax on electricity, water, gas, internet, and phone bills. We have had ongoing discussions about what the what is the best way to provide relief to Hoosiers in, in this environment of high inflation, says Senate Bill author uh, Travis Holdman of Markle. By suspending the 7% sales tax on residential utilities, we can provide relief to nearly every Hoosier with an estimated statewide savings of $260 million. This concept would benefit more people than the proposed taxpayer refund, and all of this, those savings would go to Indiana households. The proposal to do away with the proposed $225 inflation relief check to Hoosiers comes just one day after Holcomb urged lawmakers to act quickly in getting financial relief to Hoosiers. While many Hoosiers are still waiting for their $125 automatic taxpayer refund, Holcomb proposed agreeing to his second check of $225 by August. Now, see, this is again where I have an issue. Like, yes, who couldn't use some help on their utilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. People can always use help on their utilities. But why are you telling me how to get my money back and how I'm supposed to use it? If you give me the $225, I might need that for milk for my children. I might need that for gas since you raised the gas tax, you the gas tax in Indiana on July 1st. I may need that for daycare. I may need that for whatever I need it for. But Republicans, again, want to dictate to you how you get your money. I prefer Go Governor Holcomb's plan of just giving everybody their check. Give them a check, and then you can decide for yourself what you want to do with it. But these people feel like they know better what to do with your money than what you know what to do with it. This is, listen, y'all, this is all connected. They're going to tell you what to do with your body. They want to tell teachers what to teach in schools. They want to tell you what to do with your tax money that you get back. That is why it is imperative that each and every one of you find a statewide candidate, find a House and Senate candidate in, a, in the state house, find some county candidates that you can support that have the same value systems that you do. For some reason, the people in the state house who don't know a woman's anatomy feel like they're smarter than every other constituent in the state, and they should be telling us how best to use our tax relief funds. That actually kind of ticked me off a little bit. <laughs> I am not going to lie. How are you going to tell me what to do with it? No, give me my money. But you know what? That's how they do. They really don't care what you think. So when Todd Houston says he's going to listen to constituents, no, he's not. He doesn't care. He's going to do what the, what the people who fund his campaign tell him to do. That's what he's going to do. He's not. He don't care about what you're talking about. And all of these people writing all these anti-abortion bills, Doggone it, get out of a woman's uterus. We are not going back. And ladies, if you can, everybody, man, hey, fellas, show up. Because, you know, maternal mortality rate in Indiana is super high, especially around, uh, among black women. And if a woman can be saved by with an abortion, don't you want to be there to hold her hand when that's happening? So why don't we work on these things? But this is what's happening in our state. We got people ain't focused on the right things. And if they knew how to govern, they would do it right, but they don't. All right, that's my rant. And listen, you know, we have an opportunity to do some amazing things in our state. We have three women on our statewide candidate, Destiny Wells, Danae Brooks, and Jessica McCle uh, McClellan. These women are ready to rock and roll. Let's get some leadership in that state house. But tonight, I am so excited that I have two sisters 
that are running for office. They're running at the county level. You guys need to find these folks and support them. And if you like anything they're talking about, their donation buttons, they're not on Ag Blue, but I'm gonna get them there. <laughs> We're gonna get them there. Their donation links are there. Um, so if you like what they're talking about, please, 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 please support these women because having women on our ballot, having women who represent in our communities, especially women of color, black women in particular, we need to support them. So first up, she's already an elected official down in Evansville. She is running for re-election for the Vandenberg County Council, District 3. Y'all give it up for my first guest, Stephanie Terry. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dana. So glad to be here. I love it. And I've already had some great conversations with this elected official. She's already elected in Allen County. She's running for the Allen County Council, District 1. Am I right? First district? Y'all give it up for yeah. my friend, Miss Paulette Nellums. Paulette, welcome to the show. Oh. Thank you for having me, Dana. Oh, I I'm you cool. Okay, I gotta <laughs> she cool. All right. I'm I'm a little hype. I'm a little hype. She brought me down. Thank you for having me. I love that. That was cool. So, ladies, how have y'all been doing? I know that there's a lot going on, and we are all focused in on what's happening at the state house on the 25th. But what's happening in your in your neck of the woods that you are most concerned with, or do you want to talk about either the you know the abortion, the taxes, or the orange menace? Holla at me real quick, Miss Stephanie. Well, I think you know one of the things that I'm most interested in and have my eye really focused on is the use of the American Rescue dollars in our community. Uh, to the county alone, I think we received nearly about $35 million. And so we have a huge opportunity to do good in the community. We've invested in broadband um, and roads. And, um, and, and so now that, that we're going to be looking at how we will uh, support some nonprofits that were impacted by the pandemic. And then even one other project, you know, that that's been in discussion um, is a jail expansion. And that I would say we've been talking about a jail expansion for some years now. Um, but, you know, we've not you know, taken any steps, but we're at that point where that's going to occur. But what's really um, important as a part of that project is a mental health component. Um, we know that, you know, mental health is, it, it's, it's exploded in ways we, we couldn't imagine. And so how do we ensure we get people the care that they need instead of incarcerating, you know, putting them in, in jail um, is what, uh, what I think was, will be important to reduce overcrowding um, in our jail uh, but then hopefully, you know, again, get them the care that they need um, uh, moving forward. I love it. Ms. Paulette, what you concerned about before we get it, diving into who y'all are? Uh, one of the things that I am seriously concerned about in my community, uh, I serve, like you said, I serve on East Allen County School Board, but there is a proposed plan to uh, erect a jail in my community that is probably less than a thousand feet away from the schools that I represent. I represent those babies. Um, images are so important. And so I think what moved us so much when we saw the image of this police officer with his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck, for those babies to have to go outside, look and see a jail cat corner from where they uh, spend their free time recess uh, is unacceptable. And so um, I am uh, pushing for no jail on our watch in our community. And so that is a big issue that's going on in the Southeast uh, quadrant, the area that I will represent. Wow. I mean, now that, that, that hurts. Like you really going to put a jail that close to a school? Not, I mean, yeah. now I'm gonna be honest with you. They would never put a jail in next to a Hamilton, Hamilton County Southeastern or Fishers or Carmel High School. They would never even consider anything like that. They disregard our our community so much. That is that hurts. That hurts. All right. It hurts. So let's let's get into who you guys are. Those are those are big topics. If you guys don't know what they're talking about, y'all need to look into them because they're in your communities. Stephanie. Tell the people who you are and where you come from. <laughs> well, I'm born and raised um, here in Evansville. Um, you know, raised in the church. Uh, my my father is a, a a pastor over in across the bridge in, in Kentucky, just Henderson. It's about ten minutes from Evansville. 
Uh, so we, you know, it's we just consider the suburb of, of the city. But um, I um, went away, of course, uh, to college at HBCU at Kentucky State University. Um, thought at that time I was going to pursue medicine and go into med school. That didn't work out for me. Uh, needed too much discipline and, and length of school requirement. And so came out with a master's, uh, you know, went, pursued health service administration, uh, came back home to the University of Evansville. And uh, really, you know, um, I was introduced um, at, at, at in college to, to a sorority that is the greatest of all, which is Delta Sigma Theta sorority. Um, and I think that was when um, I really found my love and passion for service to others. And um, I've been doing it ever since. Um, and came home out of college and wanted to make a difference. You know, I made the decision to come home when I was a, I was a, you know, a teen mother. And so um, throughout college, I, you know, tr you know, went back and forth over the weekends uh, to see my child, but knew I had to come back home and, um, but wanted to do more than just, uh, just work. And so I, I launched out and tried to run for school board. I was unsuccessful. And uh, a couple of years later, I think people remember my name and there was a city council um, Council, they wanted to get out and they invited me to run. I was unsuccessful with that, but I learned a lot in that process. And uh, again, left politics alone really for, for a few years. Um, and just, uh, it was about 2010 when uh, Roy and he was a counselor uh, on the county council uh, for about almost 18 years. And he was relocating for his job. He called me one day and he said, do you want my seat? And I said, what? <laughs> You know, uh, you know, it's not something I had thought about. And, um, and so I said, let's talk about it. And, and, and very quickly, uh, the party, you know, caucused and I was um, in the seat and began to work in, in 2010. And then later that same year, I was then elected to the position because it happened to be a campaign year. And I've, I've, I'm in my third term now. I'm unopposed for the second time. And, and I'm really just excited about having the opportunity to serve the community. Um, I'm, I, I work professionally in the nonprofit field, so I'm all about youth and education. Um, that's what I've been doing since I got out of college and realized, you know, nursing homes and hospitals were not the place for me. Uh, that from my heart, I can truly serve from a genuine place um, in the nonprofit space. And so that's that's who I am. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to to what's ahead. Uh, this year, my, you know, we're probably going to talk about, you know, what the campaign looks like. Yeah, as you can imagine, being unopposed, I have a little bit more flexibility to do some things creatively and, and hope to do that um, in making sure that people know that I'm available to them and uh, that I'm going to be a voice and um, uh, for them um, as I continue to serve um, on the county council. And see, oh, you just, I can't wait to talk about what your plans are because that excites me. I like hearing you. You said, "Listen, I I know I'm on a pose, but I'm still gonna get out in the community because they need to know me. They need to know who's representing them. That that is that is 100 the mentality that leaders should have." Miss Paulette, tell the people who you are and where you come from. Uh, how much time do I have? Okay, but, you, you know, uh, I, I will. I, if it gets to being too long where we can't get into some good stuff, you know, I'm gonna cut it. <laughs> Okay, I am born and raised right here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, you know, I come from such a huge family. I, my mother has 17 siblings. I tell you, it is such a unique family. I love my family. I, my grandmother was such a powerful woman. Uh, before, she never ran for office, but she was the captain of her neighborhood. You were not bringing any crap into her neighborhood because she would look in that window, and if she saw things that were not right, she reported it, and she got things done. She was known as Mama Woods in the neighborhood. And so that's my family. I, I am married uh, to one, uh, the most wonderful man. Um, I have three uh, adult children. Um, that is uh, my most prized accomplishment. Um, I am um, currently uh, serving on East Allen County School Board. But before I even got there, I've always been an advocate for uh, people. Uh, I remember back when I was in sixth grade, uh, my mom, as a single mother, raising six children, 
built a home from the ground. And so back in the 60s, that was in the 60s, um, well, it was the 70s, early 70s, uh, in the area where I live, people did not move in the area that she built a home. So she was a pioneer, hard worker. And um, so she moved in this area. I came out of uh, all black school and I moved into a, a predominantly white school. Uh, 25 black kids in my uh, school at that time and I can name each one of them today. Wow. And so um, when I was at that school, I noticed that uh, all of the same white children were the leaders. They they always got to take the uh, mail to the office. They were the leader in the line. You know, they oh they got all the A's. And I and there was never anything for us as the people mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And so I remember gathering uh, some of the other uh, students there that looked like me. And I said, hey, look, they're not having anything for us. So I went to, he was my sixth grade teacher, but he was also serving as the uh, principal of the school. So I went to him and said, hey, look, you guys are not doing anything for us. Mm. And I, at that time, I just said, you're prejudiced. And this guy called my mom and said, hey, did you know what your daughter's doing? And my mother said, no, what is she doing? And he, he said, she's forming a coup at the school. But ultimately, we got, you know, of course, the talent show. But still, it gave us the opportunity to showcase who we were, to be the leaders. And so that's why I started my service to people at, when I was in sixth grade. And then I went on, um, I graduated from Ivy Tech, a community college. So my uh, degree is in early childhood education. And my daughter, my baby girl went to Howard. Uh, I took her to Howard University. Um, she and I went to a get to know Howard, if you will. Uh, the, the, the speech revolutionized the way I thought. And I came back to my community and I said, I am going to get involved in my community. Mm. Um, I ended up being the vice president of the NAACP. I later became the president of the NAACP. After that, I noticed that in my area that I didn't like how uh, our test scores were for our students mm. where I lived. I lived in that district and I didn't like the test scores. They were talking about closing down our school. And so I got involved, ran for that office, uh, school board, uh, became a school board member. So I'm in my second term, eighth year. Um, and like uh, uh, Sister Stephanie, uh, the current county councilwoman uh, called me up and said, hey, invited me to dinner and said, listen, when I got there, uh, she said, look, I'm not going to run for this seat again. And I would like for you to run for this seat. I had never thought about running for county council, but people had approached me for running for different uh, positions in the community. But I just never really thought about it because I'm so involved in in my grandkids' lives, they are athletes, so I love all that. And so I didn't think about it. But anyway, I went home, discussed it with my husband. But do you know, I did not get confirmation about what I'm doing right now until this past Sunday. Wow. After um, I was in Grand Rapids over the weekend, and I, um, my husband and I listened to uh, that's one of the good things that came out of the pandemic. You can now listen to church on, uh, you know, via <laughs> Facebook or, you know, social media. So I was listening get your to praise my pastor. On. Oh, getting it on. I was listening to him and he came out of the book of Nehemiah. And so as we were driving back home, um, we said, my husband said, well, let me listen to some old school. So he, we turned on G.E. Patterson and G.E. Patterson happened to be coming out of the same book, Nehemiah 4. And I'm like, okay. Then I said, okay, that's not it. Let me listen to Keon uh, Henderson. So I listened and lo and behold, he came out of the same book. I said, okay, Lord, you don't have to say anything else. I hear you loud and clear. So I really got my confirmation this past Sunday that I am a servant. I'm a servant 
for people. And once elected as your county councilwoman, you can assure that I will fight for my community because I believe in community. I believe in opportunity. I believe in providing resources for my community. And I believe in economic development. And so me as your candidate, that's what you will get. You will get a person that's going to be engaged, a person that understands not only how to be high, but also how to understand and roll with those that are less fortunate. And that's why I'm called to the ones that's less fortunate. I and love that's it. where, um, that's why it. I'm running. I am I just to serve it. I love it. And see, I, what what has gotten me hype right now, uh, y'all can't actually see my face, but the people can. Here we are, three, um, you know, beautiful black women in our own way, right? Uh, I'm representing the largest city. Miss Paulette is representing the second largest city. And Miss Stephanie's representing the third largest city in this, in this state. And here, we come from very different backgrounds. We all have different ex lived experiences, but we are all about serving. We didn't mind being leaders in places where people didn't want us to be leaders or trying to do a thing even when folks weren't, you know, can can you being a black woman in Indiana ain't easy to begin with. Let me just let me cut to the chase, right? Let me just get done with it. Being black in Indiana, being black woman in Indiana ain't easy and it sure as heck ain't easy being running for office. Talk about your experiences in running for office, okay? We'll start with you, Stephanie. And but but why would you encourage other black women to do this? You know, that's that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> it's um, I, I tell you, it's I've had some some ups and some downs um, in this last twelve years being in office. But one of the things that I remember uh, very vividly, it was almost like yesterday uh, when I really. 12 years ago, when I first ran, um, I was at a candidates forum. I, was, I believe I was at the FOP and the room was full. Um, and I finished my, my, my presentation and I came back and a gentleman in the back of the room said, you sure did sound good. And I, and I looked because he was being critical of the fact that he was shocked that number one, I could present myself in the way that I did and, and so passionately. And that's, that has stuck with me. I, I think I get constant feedback around that um, to the point where I've wavered. And, and some people now are saying that she's too quiet and passive. Um, but I think it's because of the feedback that I've got along the way. You know, I don't want to appear as the, the angry black woman or uh, because, again, as you can even you know tell probably right now in my delivery, I have a strong tone of voice. My I was raised within a preacher's house. And so uh, I. I could speak a word if I, if I needed to. And so it comes out uh, very aggressively and many, many times. And so that's been really a challenge for me to make sure that I'm able to position myself in a way uh, to deliver and ask questions in a way that can be received, but then also be meaningful and a meaningful part of conversations that are happening in our community. I, I have enjoyed um, uh, serving in this community. I, we work well, uh, the current county council uh, while the Democrats are in the minority, I'll tell you, we really work in partnership um, on the council. Um, and so it's really great to have that type of relationship um, in our community um, on that particular governmental body, because that's very uh, rare, I would say, in mm -hmm. our community, because the city council and others may not function as well as, as we do with the on the county council. And the other thing is, um, I you know, initially early out starting, I, I hated the campaign process. Uh, mm -hmm. But it really taught me a lot um, about number one, uh, staying true to who I am, and I and I try to do that even now, um, at, you know, in my elected role, uh, to not deviate and not allow um, outside forces to change who I am. Um, mm -hmm. I, I again, I, I'm a servant at heart. I, I, you know, I love uh, people. I love young people. I love education, and so so those are things I'm I care about the most, and I make I'm very vocal on those those issues when they come before the council. Uh, but I tell you this, um, it's this, this, uh, this job is not for, uh, the week. Let, mm. me, let me say that. Um, but, but you know what, I, Stephanie, I gotta ask you though, like, don't we have a whole lot of stuff to be angry about? We <laughs> I mean, we it, I, I think, we you know, we, and, and I, I tell you why I asked that question. Every other person on this planet is allowed to be angry, but black women. We ain't, our kids are being murdered in the street. 
you, we, we we can't be angry. And, uh, and I know I know what you're talking about, though, sis. I really, really do. But it just drives me. The other thing that drives me crazy is that we're not allowed to have emotion. What's wrong with us? Yeah. You know, and I think but in that, you know, in us, you know, having, you know, it, it, you know, that anger or, you know, expressing that uh, we usually get excused from the table. Um, uh, and so, you know, I've had, you know, I've had to sometimes step back and I question, you know, my doing that. Uh, but definitely, I want to be sure that I'm in the right position to make the most meaningful impact. And I and I'm, I hope that I now strongly believe that I am serving our community well. And uh, uh, and hopefully, I will continue to do that. I love it, Miss Miss Paulette. You've gone through the the campaign process and all of that. Talk about the significance of representation and having Black women at the table. Oh my! Um, again, uh, like you stated. Uh, we are not supposed to have emotions. And when we do um, show our emotion, you know, it's, it's, looked, it's looked upon as the angry Black woman. But uh, I don't care about that anymore. I used to. I don't care about that anymore because nope. there's too much going on and we must address it. Once I'm elected, I will be the only female on this county council. What? This is... This is um, a council that is totally Republican. Um, they're all white men. And um, I am the uh, one of only two uh, women of color, black women that's running for elected office, if uh, my memory serves me correctly. But um, I will be the only woman. And it's so important because we have a different perspective. Um, again, I just want to say this real quick because my grandson plays basketball and he's quite a great basketball player, in my opinion. And so um, those young men, um, every team that he's ever played on, the players always look to me as like a mama, you know. And so when Auntie. we go to the table, we bring a different, mm -hmm. we we. You know, I'm not saying that these men don't care, but we are, we care. We bring that to the table. And it's important that there is a different perspective at that table, that there's a voice. And if I am not elected, then we will have a one perspective type of uh, council. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that these are not individuals that can't think for themselves. But what I'm saying is uh, it will be a conservative uh, board. And uh, I am a liberal. I am my brother's keeper. And I will make sure that the budget um, um, is allocated to and and the because that's what we do. We make sure we're the physical part of mm -hmm. government. Mm -hmm. So I will make sure, as your elected official, that every proposal that come before me, that I will look at that and not just vote yes because that's the party line. I won't do that. I'm going to make sure that it's in the best interest of my taxpayers and the community. And so that's why it's important that we have a female voice at the table. Mm, and it needs to be my voice. That is so yeah. true. And, and, and there's so much to do for our communities. And if you don't even recognize what's going on, like, I, you know, I sometimes mess around with the trolls. I probably shouldn't, but it's entertaining. I, I get joy out of messing with trolls that don't know what they're talking about. And if you if you um, remember back in 2020, you know there was a whole hubble of law from 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 some folk who kept saying, "Well, where are the black leaders speaking out against you know the violence in the communities?" And I sent this person article after article after article about elected leaders and black elected leaders saying, "Hey, y'all, let's do things differently." Right? He didn't like my response. I said, "Well, wait a second now." You said they weren't doing anything. I showed you what they were doing and you don't like that I showed it to you. So my thing is how, if you haven't been hearing us, we've been begging y'all for 400 years for some things. We've been talking about what we need. We've been talking about what we need for our community and you ain't heard us. How is it now all of a sudden these people are black people whisperers? 
They know what we need in our communities now. They don't know. So that's why it's so important that we are there and we are representing people that they are not familiar with. In many cases, they haven't even spent any time with them. You know, and running for office is not easy. And, and being an elected official is not easy. So you, when you are out here and campaigning, you're talking to your constituents. Ms. Paulette, I'm gonna start with you this time. Tell, tell us what you've been hearing from your constituents. What are they most concerned with? Well, right now, the big um, uh, problem is the jail. Um, so they are very, very concerned about um, this proposal and where it's going. And um, the community is very upset that um, even our elected officials, we have a Councilwoman um, Michelle Tucker, Michelle Chambers, mm -hmm. Councilwoman Sharon Tucker, and Councilman uh, Glenn Hines. Uh, these are all uh, people of color. They uh, they were left out of the conversation about the planning. And so um, there is, um, in fact, there is a um, organization going, uh, 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 there is something going on right now as we speak to speak to this jail being erected. So that's one thing that I'm hearing from uh, constituents and Another thing that I'm hearing is about, um, there is a problem with overcrowding in the jail, but there's a way that we can fix all that. We don't have to build a big 1500 bed jail because if you build it, guess what? You got to fill it. Mm -hmm. and, Say it again, they didn't um, hear you in the back. And so uh, we must be careful um, uh, with those type of dollars and making sure that we are at the table speaking about those issues. And right now, that is one of the big issues that I'm hearing about is um, this prison pipeline, uh, building the jail, fixing our Southeast Quadrant, bringing some economic development to our Southeast Quadrant. I mean, we are homeowners, we love our community, and we love our schools. We want to make sure that our schools have quality teachers in them and that they are producing uh, our new generation of uh, highly educated or just workforce ready. And so um, these are some of the things that I'm hearing um, from my constituents on uh, out here on the campaign trail. And what are and you I, hearing, Ms. Paulette? What Ms. Are you Paulette hearing? has said everything that I... <laughs> She, it's like she's in, in Vandenberg County too, because she has hit hit it on the hit the nail on the the head and and, and talking about uh, jail overcrowding. I mean, that's one of the things that's really prevalent. Just really, just crime continues to increase in general. And um, but I think it has you know a lot to do with you know the community wants to see more development um, in our center city. Um, we are we're doing a great job in in our downtown areas and and even you know broaden that out to our and some of the regional work we're doing to attract talent to the community. Uh, but again, there are areas and pockets in our community that need further development. And I think that also leads to education and opportunities for kids, all, you know, alternative um, educational environments too. I, you know, I work in a children's museum. And so uh, I, you know, I love to, to provide a, a creative and a different space to learn in. And so we have to even think about that. You know, do we transform um, how, how kids, kids are learning in our community and being sure that teachers are equipped with the things that the resources that they need um, to be the best that they can for, for our students. But then also, you know, mental health. Um, we're hearing a lot about mm -hmm. the mental health crisis. Um, you know, I think there's some plans in our community for some larger initiatives around mental health. Um, you know, even as, as in, in, even ensuring that we have enough child psychologists available. You know, I think in our community, I think there may be one or two um, in our community. It might, might not even be that, but even how do we grow that area so that we can support kids that are struggling, um, mm -hmm. that are truly struggling? Yeah, and in the environment that we're living in, how could they not be struggling, right? I mean, right. my goodness, yeah. they just they just witnessed, you know, 10-year-olds being well, the, Uvalde. I'm just going to say that. I mean, it's just it's it's they're seeing they're seeing things that we just didn't see, and there's multiple avenues that they're seeing them. Right? I know parents think they can police everything their child is watching, but no. And and I love that. I I'm actually proud to hear that 
um, you know, mental health has always been a, a, a tough one, right? We, you know, in our community, it was a long, it was a long time, you know, we really didn't talk about it. We just would say, you know, you know, Auntie Boo crazy, you know, and then yeah. we just go on, you know, but now there's this, there's real, we are being more conscious about it. But, but the things that the, the, the two of you brought up and I, and I hope all of my turn left listeners hear this and hear it well, both of these ladies who were, are talking to their constituents and their constituents are worried about education. education. Black people care about education. We care about educating the kids. So I want to hear no more. We don't want the jails. We want mm -hmm. the schools. So don't, if I hear, I'm, you getting cussed out. That's all. Dana, can I, can Absolutely. I just add, add to this as well? Um, I, from my constituents, Another thing that uh, I'm hearing, uh, the schools, some of the schools in the area that I serve on, I serve these schools, this area, um, there's a lack of black employees in terms of leadership where like the counselors, um, and you know, there's a study out that showed that um, children do better uh, when there's somebody that they can identify with that looks like them. And so that's one thing that I've been pushing. And I am sick of hearing that there is none out there. That it's, it's the notion that we as black people are not interested in the education process. I think some of the things that we have to remove is some of these educational loopholes that prevents some of our already uh, employees that's working in these schools, that's doing the work. They're working in these positions, but they they lack the piece of paper that says that, okay, you can be a counselor, but they're working on getting it. We need to make sure that there's an avenue for them to do it. Internships, yeah. put them in some internships yeah. so that they can become counselors. So these, so that they can talk. Cause sometimes I know for me, um, I was more comfortable speaking to uh, one of my teachers that looked like me that said, hey, I'm struggling in this area. And so I was just comfortable talking to that a particular teacher and sometimes we just need uh, somebody that looks like Big Mom, you know, <laughs> uh, that looks like Paul Paul. We need those kind of people in our schools. And I think there's, uh, there's a disconnect there for whatever reason. And so we need to, I know my constituents are saying that. And so we need to begin to address those issues. Especially uh, when you consider the, the typically officer Billy Bob is who yeah. they see as law enforcement. And uh, teacher Karen is often being, you know, clutching her purse or trying to tell people, you know, they, they're they're doing things negatively to put negative images of white folk into these black students. Who, so it becomes fear versus, you know, an opportunity to grow and learn humans as human. Right. I mean, we come on now. We all had to go through our moment of like, so if I cut you, you going to bleed if the same way I get cut. You know, because it takes us a while to realize for some of us that they ain't no better than we are, but they, but if you don't put real images of positive, real images of black and brown people in black and brown spaces, we don't see ourselves and we don't, we can't imagine what we can be. Come on, Stephanie, come on in. That, that's a good conversation. <laughs> it is, it is. We definitely need to, uh, our kids definitely need to see us in leadership. Yes. Um, and in a positive light. And so I, I, um, yeah, I, I can truly appreciate, um, your thoughts about that. I love it. Okay. So y'all out here campaigning what, and, and, and you're running for reelection, you're running for, uh, uh, you know, you want to show the people what you about, tell the people what you want to focus on, on this next term and what the campaign, and I want to know them campaign plans too. Come on now. <laughs> I know for sure I'm, I'm definitely going to to try to do uh, you know get out to vote efforts. That's that's going to be a lot of my time. And actually, my an event may be centered around um, you know maybe it's a Super Saturday where we're encouraging churches and and others to to come and uh, to to do early voting, uh, but also then make it kind of a huge block party. That's that's something that I hope to to work on. Um, but you know again, but my campaign is going to be pretty light. But I think some of the things that is still you know very important to me. 
um, is economic, you know, economic growth. Uh, we, we have, again, uh, have a huge opportunity. I think most of you are familiar with the Ready Initiative. And so the Ready Dollars that are coming into communities. I think our community received uh, 50, 53 million or so uh, that it will go, again, to, into projects around the region, um, and, you know, with the, the end result of growing um, our economy. And so, and, and good paying jobs and, and just business expansion. So I'm really excited about what's gonna happen there and the projects that are gonna come from that. Uh, I think the other thing too is again, um, you know, this year, you know, how this mental health um, um, center or crisis, you know, center develops um, with support from the County Council. I'm, I'm eager to see progress on that. Uh, but then also just, um, you know, support again in helping businesses recover from, um, you know, the, effect, the negative effects of the pandemic. And, you know, and most importantly, you know, we, you know, they many times arts and culture gets left out. And so I'm really excited about um, how the county will support um, arts and culture um, this year and um, a mental health and um, and forward, so. I find it interesting that people don't understand the importance of being able to cultivate someone's passion. They, they may not even realize it's a passion, but they like to draw, they like to play music, they like to sculpt. If you don't, if you take away someone's ability to, you know, embrace their passion, they're not going to be a whole person, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. And, and and we know that quality of place is important when we talk about economic development. So you need all of those other assets in order to draw business to your community. And so I think that those are some things that I'm really excited to being a part of um, in our in our community. We I guess it's been a year or so. Our we had three organizations that merged. We had a chamber, uh, you know, economic development coalition. They all merged into one organization. And I tell you, it's it's really you know grown into something really magnificent. I think that's going to be quite beneficial and um, uh, for our community as a whole. I love it. So what are the so you're you're going to be new to the council? You've been on the school board. You're going to be new to the council when you win. What are you telling your constituents that you want to work on uh, when, when you become elected official? You know, I think Stephanie and I really both, uh, we are echoing the same things. Uh, what I'm really focused on, what I've always focused on is community. Mm. And um, that's what I am telling my uh, constituents that, um, you know, communities uh, change the I know when I was in grew up and I grew up in a community where everyone knew each other and they they embraced and they took care of us and uh, no matter what it, it, they just took care of us and so I um, plan to have a um, community type healing service. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's but I I'm going to also use this type this service to uh, mobilize because we've already um, got to register them to vote. But now how do we get them to the poll? Uh, I think 13% of voters in Fort, in Fort Wayne came out to vote in the primaries. And so uh, we have to change that. Um, and so I, I want to focus on mobilizing, getting them to the polls. How do we do that? Making sure that they are registered to vote. But the pandemic has, uh, like Stephanie said, this mental illness, this, uh, we have to address that because we have not healed. And so there was a lot that went on during this last presidency. And we must begin to come together and heal as a people. And so that um, it will be a fundraiser type event, but it will also be an event that will um, people can come and just lay their burdens down mm. and feel free to lay them down. I have uh, Miss Tony Irby uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, who will be a part of it, and Fort Wayne's own Sheila Flory, who is a songbird minister and um, music is just a healing voice, and so that's what I am planning in the near future. And I, uh, my core, what I work on is actually core, community, opportunities, building relationships, and economic development. You know, the core uh, is, the, I mean, just think about the core, the core of an apple, the core of anything it is the most important. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's central. It's central that we have a core. And so I am, I like to always say, it's Paulette for the people. I'm for the people. I love it. And you know what? And both of you said something that I, I want to touch on. Um, and I love these. That's why I like our, my conversations to be organic because you never know. I don't send questions for you to recite answers. I want it to be organic. Y'all both said registering voters and getting people out to vote. Now we know every cycle, they go find us some skin folk who will run around talking about we shouldn't vote. We shouldn't get involved. Ain't nobody doing nothing for us. Blah, 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 blah. Stephanie, why are you encouraging people to vote? Because they need to. I mean, it, that's that's the only way that we can make change happen is if we, you know, we go to, to the polls. And so um, I, I I don't know that there's a time that I haven't voted. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I just uh, continue to stress that, the importance of it. Um, you know, in addition, you know, to, to voting, you know, being actively involved in, um, you know, and in, in, uh, in local government, you know, there are so many opportunities, you know, whether it's on commissions and boards, you know, just attending meetings and being aware of what's happening in your community. And what so you can be informed, um, you know, about what's going on, uh, but, but, you know, it matters, but I think education too, there's still opportunity, even encouraging people to vote. There's a, that, that creates a space for us to educate people about how government works for you. And so ensuring that we do that as part of the process. I love it because that's so important because people don't know how the process, they don't know how the bread is made. Miss Paulette, you know, why are you encouraging people to vote? Cause you know, there's all, they always try out some, I almost said, it, Ooh, they always find <laughs> them somebody, somebody that Harriet Tubman would have left behind to talk about why I, we shouldn't vote. Tell the people why it's important. I think my camera is froze, but nonetheless, um, you know, on the board that I serve, every time I vote, every time there is um, anything that come before me that I have to vote on, if I am in opposition to what is being presented to me, I vote no, because I'm letting you know that I'm not in agreement with that. So that's why it's so important that you vote. Because when you vote, you're saying, this is the candidate that I want. Whether that candidate wins or not, you still voice your thoughts and your opinion. And, your, and that's your right. You have a right. Too many people die for a right to vote. And that's why I'm telling people, go out and vote. Don't just say my vote don't matter. Yes, it does matter. Because you got up and you made the uh, choice to say, I'm going to go in and I'm going to pull that lever for Paulette Mellons because she's for the people. And so, you know, that makes a difference. And I'm encouraging them, go to the polls, vote, vote your conscience. That way, right now, the issue of women and their bodies, you get to be a part of that process, say, don't touch my body. I have a right. So you get to be a part of that. And that's why it's so important that you go out and voice what you feel and what you stand on. I love it. And that's I, what I tell them. It, I, it's important that you, you speak up. You know, let me say this. Mm -hmm. One of the questions that you asked Stephanie was, you know, what are some of the obstacles that you have encountered, you know, on the campaign trail? Um, when I was running for NAACP president, I had um, a gentleman tell me, um, you're a rebel. And I, you know what? It's okay to be a rebel. You got to have a cause and I have a cause. So, you know, and then even me being on school board, running for school board, I ran against a 14-year incumbent and, and, and beat him. And so, but they don't see that as important. People need to see that school board important, county council important, city council important. And we that's already in these positions need to support those that's trying to get there. That's one of the obstacles that I see that I've ran into. So vote. 
Yeah, and donate. And donate to these candidates. Donate. Their links are there. You know, I mean, unfortunately, campaigns cost money. And again, don't talk about you down with us, but then don't give us the tangible support that we need. And even though Miss Terry don't have an, appointment, uh, uh, an opponent, I bet because she's a servant, if one of the candidates in her in, in Evansville down in Vandenberg who needs a little help, may need a little extra, I'm, I imagine she might actually send them a little cash. So if you donate to her, she can donate it to somebody else. We got to support these black women, not with just words, but we got to give them some money too. So please donate to these ladies so they can uh, run their campaign as efficiently and as effectively as everyone else uh, around the state. And, I, and I'm, I'm so down for that. This has been so wonderful. Y'all are hours up already. I knew it was, man, I can, it's, it's so wonderful. Okay, so Miss Stephanie, <laughs> I'm gonna calm down. Tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, on, on Facebook, um, you know, I am, you can, if you uh, use the hashtag at Terry for counsel with the number four, uh, they can find me there. Um, and also um, uh, my email address uh, hopefully will be shared um, as well if you want to reach me. But uh, Facebook is, is the easiest way to make connection with me at this time. I love it. And you said you had some events coming up. So do you have those dates yet or no? I do not have the dates okay. just yet. But well, keep us informed because I, I flashed, if you get a flyer together, I flash those flyers up on the show so people can know what's happening. Absolutely. Paula, tell the people where they can find you. You know, I can be found on Facebook. Uh, it's the Committee to Elect Paulette Nellums. Um, and that is the best, you know, my uh, email is up here, but I am on Facebook. I um, if you really want to reach out to me, that's where you will find me. You can donate at Zale 260-409-3238. Um, and, um, I am just so excited and I so thank you, Dana, for the work that you're doing, um, the service that you're providing, because this is actually my first time speaking about my candidacy. So I really thank you for that. I'm humbled and honored to 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 be that space. I'm sorry that the camera froze, but but you know what? One of the things um, I, I love you because you said thank you for sharing your space, and I wanted you to know, no, this is our space. You know, yeah. this is a space for us as Democrats to come together in a state that wants to hush us up and hush the things that we care about up. And I want to make sure that every Democrat, you know, has an opportunity. And of course, I'm going to have a special love from my, my sisters. I mean, it's just going to be that way. I love everybody. Everybody knows that. But ain't enough, us, ain't enough of us out here. But I will say this. I am not the only one. And I don't know how many more ways I can say that. Here we have two incredibly dynamic women with great ideas and great vision for their communities. You don't always have to ask Dana Black. Of course, I say yes, because I like to talk. But <laughs> if you want to hear from other women who are as passionate about, you know, getting people to the polls, getting people elected who are going to write good policy, here's two more. You got one in Southern Indiana and one in Northern Indiana or Central North, you know. So, but I'm saying that we are sprinkled. I said this a couple of years ago when I did a show with um, Black women who were associated with the party all over the state. I didn't do any candidates that on that show. It was just party people. There are black women. So when you say that you can't find something, you can't find black people to be teachers, you can't find black women or black people to come speak at your event because you don't want to find them. Mm. They got whole colleges and universities full of black people who are doing nothing but going to school to study education and how to be a teacher. So when you mm. say that you can't find black teachers, you ain't looking for none and you don't want none. And if, mm. and, if and, and we got to have diversity of thought of, uh, I trust me, I, no one is happier when I'm asked to speak at an event because I love it. It's my passion. It's what I love to do, but you also need to have diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. And these women are, are bringing diversity of thought. There are so many amazing women and women of color and particularly black women in our state. I need everyone who believes in what we believe in to also support them. I know I sound like I'm begging, but doggone it. If I got to do it, I'm going to do it. I ain't too proud to beg. All right, y'all. Listen, the show's over. It's seven o'clock. 
my hours be going by real quick. I love my Kenneths. Thank y'all so much for joining. Um, you guys, I'll see you on Monday at the at the Capitol building. Cause I'm gonna be right there fighting for y'all. Cause when they get see the thing is, once they get done coming for women, they come in for my LGBTQ plus community. They come in for black people. They try, they you you they threw out hints of Brown v Board of Education. That means they coming for it. They thinking about it. Mm. They thinking about it. They thinking about everything but loving. I'm my interracial couples are safe thanks to Justice Thomas, and I love that because he wanted to protect his relationship. You know, justice for me, but not for thee. So come on out on Monday. Find these women, support these women. I'll see y'all. I'm going to try to get the crowd riled up, and I'll holler at y'all next time. Peace. Turn Left is the property of Black Pearl IT Solutions. Executive producer, Indiana's own Dana Black. Music by www.binsound.com.